Welcome to Business in Uncertain Times, recorded conversations with Maine's island and coastal small businesses. I'm Claire, a community development officer at the Island Institute. And this week, my interview is with Gabe Pendleton of Pendleton Yacht Yard on Islesboro Island. Gabe takes us through his relentless navigation of the SBA disaster relief loans and now the CARES Act. He employs 22 people who he refers to as family and is trying to figure out how best to protect their livelihoods. Just a quick note, we recorded this episode on Thursday morning just before the payroll protection program rolled out. So as of today, I imagine Gabe is deep in that process and we plan to check back in with him in a couple of weeks to hear how it's going. But for today, enjoy our conversation. We cover everything from how he's planning for summer to why building email list is important, even for a boatyard. Whatever questions you have, I'm ready. Awesome. So if you just want to start with just a little overview of who you are, your business, your sort of connection to Islesboro, how you got there. Sure. Yeah. My name is Gabriel Pendleton. Um, I manage Pendleton Yacht Yard on Islesboro. It's a family business that was started by my father um, back in the late 70s. Um, I left for about 10 years after college and was doing various things, went to law school and working as an attorney and decided to come back about eight or nine years ago now to run the family business. And so we've got about 22 employees at the boatyard. Um, we sort of do a little bit of everything on the island. We deliver fuel to the island. We store, maintain, build boats. We've got the only sort of hardware store that's on the island um, that people come to when they need things just because there's no real other place. So we do a little bit of everything. Yeah, community business has been going for about 30 years. Before that, it was a garage that was run by my grandfather for cars. And before that, it was a livery stable taking care of horses run by my great-grandfather. So it's got a long history of family uh, ownership and operation of a business here. So. Wow, that's an amazing evolution. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And so, it, you know, interestingly about the livery stable. So when they brought cars to the island, and I don't, if my dad was here, he would know. He knows the date. So when they brought the cars to the island, I guess they gathered up all of the wooden carriages in a big pile and burned them. <gasps> Uh, I'm not clear why, but that was what they did. They moved right on to cars. When cars started coming to the island, they gathered up the carriages and burned them. I mean, this is not really related to what we're talking about today, but sort of an interesting anecdote about how things changed out here. Yeah, that's wild. For these interviews, we're trying to focus on small businesses, island businesses, coastal businesses' response to the coronavirus pandemic. So -hmm. the first question we have on that is just kind of generally, what has your business's response been? You know, like you, like you said, things are changing very quickly right now. Almost every day, it seems like there's new information coming out or there's new uh, there's something new information from either the governor or from the federal government. And we were sort of early on, we were changing our behavior in response to the virus or before it was required and before anybody was doing anything. And the first thing that we did was we decided that we were going to cut our shifts approximately in half so we could have 10 people or less working at a time. And that when that first guideline came out about no groups larger than 10, which of course has now been revised and, and downsized. Uh, but we we essentially cut back people's hours. So we had two shifts of people who were working three days a week, uh, 10 hour days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday shift and a Thursday, Friday, Saturday shift. And we did that for, I think, about two weeks. And this was pretty early on in the process where there was no, you know, there was no shutdown order um, happening or recommendation from Janet Mills. We just thought it was the best thing to do. We were talking, people were generally concerned and we thought we would try to get out ahead of the curve and keep people safe. Um, and so that was how we started. And then as things progressed, 
we had employees who were higher risk and they or they had people they were living with who were high risk and they were very concerned about coming to work at all and we gave anybody who didn't want to come to work the opportunity to stay home um, while we assess and try to figure out how to do that um, and so we have been now since since that started and since the first two weeks of a split shift we have now downside to i think we only have about three people working right now out of a 22 person crew and those are just to handle the essential services we deliver fuel on the island we maintain uh, passenger boats that provide transportation on and off the island and things that we sort of have to have some people available if things come up um, and so we are not totally shut down and we have so we also haven't laid anybody off yet. So I've been paying everybody out of my pocket up until now. And tomorrow is the day we can apply for the forgivable payroll loans that um, I'm pretty, con- well, and we, I think, I think there's a question about that later, about what you're concerned about, but I'm pretty concerned about the amount of money that they have put into that program and that it's not going to be nearly enough for all the people who are affected. And we're trying to get, you know, eight weeks of payroll for our business, much like everybody else. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. Uh, we're ready to apply tomorrow whenever that application process opens that are trying to be on the front end of that curve. That's awesome. Have you started, what is, have you started working with your bank on that? Yep. So we started working with the bank. So the first, so the first thing that I did when this became like a reality for the business, you know, it, it was hard to know where this was heading at the very beginning. You started watching it unfold and nobody, we haven't really had a pandemic or anything like this in, at least in my, my lifetime or recent memory, I guess 1918 is probably the one everybody compares it to. So I, I was on the phone trying to understand the, the first round of disaster programs the federal government was putting out, and I couldn't get any good information. So I ended up calling uh, Jared Golden's office to see if somebody in his office could could explain to me what they had passed and what we should do. And the advice that I received then was that the expectation was there was going to be payroll loans that would be forgivable, and that was going to be done through the SBA, and so I should apply for a disaster relief loan with the hope that that was the vehicle that they were going to use to distribute money and those um, and those monies were going to be forgiven later on. And so I spent a lot of time going through the process, um, both with our in-house bookkeeper as well as the bank and putting together a full disaster relief loan, you know, has financial statements and all these things you have to get together um, and have submitted that already. And I think those are I think it's mutually exclusive with the payroll forgiveness loan, or at least they can't overlap. I, I'm not clear about the interplay exactly, but I spent a lot of time working on that on the front end. And so I have, I believe, all the information I need now because they're not actually doing that, right? The, the new payroll forgiveness loans are going through local lenders uh, who are going to handle the distribution of funds and then also handle the back-end paperwork accounting to get these loans forgiven. And so I haven't actually applied because they're not open yet because they don't have a procedure in place for doing the applications. And so that's supposed to be tomorrow. And I'm ready, as ready as I can be because I've done all of the disaster loan applications and I can't imagine they're going to want more than that for this. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely curious to hear how this payroll protection plan rollout goes and would love to stay in touch with you through the process. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very curious to see how it goes too. I mean, I, so the reality for us is like, I can't keep paying everybody out of my pocket. And I think that if they, this is like two months worth of payroll, which I would be great. And if it's not going to happen though, I need to know because I need to start laying people off so they can collect unemployment. I was wondering Um, if those conversations had started happening yet. That's right. And so they're happening right now internally here. Right now we've decided, well, at this point, if they're, they think the application is going to be ready Friday and the bank tells me that 
they think that we will get this loan. And so based on that, we haven't laid anybody off and we have continued to pay people. And so, you know, it's a, it's sort of a scary thing and expensive thing. I mean, our payroll is a lot at, you know, it's way too people. So. Yeah, it definitely is. Well, I appreciate hearing about how well you're navigating all the different SBA relief efforts. Um, it seems like things are changing so quickly. It's a lot to stay on top of. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's uh, it's been a process. I've talked to Craig about it. You know, is initially the plans that were offered were essentially like disaster loans, and my response to that was like, it doesn't make any sense to take out a bunch of loans when you're not making any money, and mm-hmm. pay your people who are not working and not generating any money, and think you're ever going to have a business for them to come back to in two, three months, whenever this blows over. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of morphed now into what they're offering, which is. Um, essentially like forgivable loans, free money to pay people. I mean, I guess the alternative is for them to pay people on unemployment. And so I'm not sure how that shakes out with the government level, but it's sort of similar for them paying everybody who's not in work. Yeah, it's a, definitely an interesting dichotomy for sure. One of the other questions we had, which I'm not sure if this is as applicable to, to a business like yours, but how have you been communicating with your customers? And one of the things we're thinking about with this is just sort of like how important it is to have that online presence right now, just because the reality of going to a place in person is is not a reality right now. Yeah, I mean, so we mostly are not an in-person business. I mean, we have a, a like a hardware store here, but its primary function is just to like have material on hand for all the jobs that we're doing on boats. Um, so some people in the community come in and get stuff, but mostly it's not not that here. And so I've been spending a lot of time communicating with customers about this very issue. And right, so we're a seasonal business like most businesses on islands. You know, people come up for the summer, we launch boats, we put their floats in, we put their moorings in, we do all the things that they need for like their on the water summer experience. I've been contacting people about whether they're coming up for the summer to try to get an approved list together so that when we're able to, we can start working on those things that are approved. So now I'm just, I'm talking with everybody. Uh, it's usually, right now, it's been a mixture of phone calls and emails. Some people call me. I've had quite a few calls where people say, you know, don't do any work on my boat until further notice. Um, those are jobs that are approved that people are, are actively pulling back on and saying, we don't want to spend the money on that right now. Uh, we're not sure we're coming up and let's hold off. And then I've also had calls from people saying, this is the one thing I'm looking forward to right now. Get everything ready. Uh, we are going to plan like we're going to be there. And so you have the okay to do the work, which at least means that we'll get paid for that, even if they're not able to come up. Mm-hmm. And so just just this month, we sent out statements for everybody who's got um, an active balance at the yard. And along with the statements, we sent out a letter essentially asking people to to let us know what their plans are for the summer. Even if the plans are wait and see, you know, if you if they want to confirm or they want, you know, say, yes, get everything ready. That's great. If they want to say we are definitely not coming, that's great. Uh, it just allows us to prioritize. We don't know how many people we're going to need for the summer just because we don't know what's going to happen. We're going to use the opportunity of a law in action here to move over to emailed invoicing and statements so that we can stop sending stuff snail mail. Mm. So we'll have some time to do that. I think right now we've been talking about doing it for a while. So we decided to pull the plug and really try to get updated information on everybody, especially emails and start putting that into our system and getting everybody onto emailed invoicing. So that's another thing we're trying to do. Yeah, that's awesome. And I feel like that's one thing that's come up with a couple different businesses is just that 
having those lists built in those databases makes the ease of communication right now so much more effective and efficient. Right. We don't have that actively sort of updated list. And I actually attended the, uh, I'm not sure what you call it, a class at um, the Island Institute on like internet marketing, email, Google analytics, that type of thing. Whatever yeah, yeah. that was a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so I and so one of the things I did after that was started setting up a you know, a mailing list for the yard. And now we, we have a lot of those emails and I've got a lot of my own personal email just from sending emails to people and I'm trying to like make it a comprehensive list so it's actually a like a functioning usable thing for sending out email blasts and notices because right now it's it's not there. So we're doing that right now as we move over to um, you know, internet billing or email billing. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the services you offer right now in the community, um, like the fuel delivery and the boat shuttle? Yeah, we run Quicksilver. We deliver fuel to the island. We're the only ones who are delivering gasoline to the islands. And are those still running as usual or have you made service changes? Um, So people are not driving around as much, Mm -hmm. although they're also not going off island as much. So it means they're buying more fuel on the island. And I, I haven't looked at this breakdown Mm-hmm. Um, as, as to like whether or not in the last couple of weeks they've been using more gasoline than other times, it's it's hard to know. Yeah. Um, but we're we're still doing that, and there's only one person we have who runs the truck who who's you know licensed to deliver fuel, and so yeah. I think at this point he since we're not really operational and he is not working here the rest of the time, he's just given the store his cell phone number, and if they need gasoline they just call him and he'll come down to the yard bring the truck up there fill them with gas and then that's it we sort of out of the mix and then yeah quicksilver is mostly shut down right now we're not doing any of our regular runs we mostly did more morning and afternoon runs so that people could not ride the ferry and get get over a little bit earlier and later and we've stopped that entirely we are still available for charter but it's at the captain's discretion and it's only available for what is what we're determining is an essential charter so if someone needs to go to a medical appointment, then the captain will make a run and pick somebody up. Of course, there's all sorts of precautions that we're taking on the boat in addition, but if somebody is coming back from vacation and they want to get to the island, they need to wait for the ferry at this point. We're not taking people over like we normally would just because um, they arrive at an inconvenient time. So we're, you know, it's everything is dialed way back and we're not doing many runs at all right now. Yep. That seems to be sort of the, the common theme right now. So I just have a couple questions left and you did touch on this at the very beginning. What are your short-term concerns right now and what are your long-term concerns? Short-term concerns, one, so my biggest concern is making sure that people who work here um, can get paid. And whether that's through, you know, me getting a loan that's going to be forgiven to continue everybody on the payroll, which is what I'd really prefer, or unemployment. I mean, I just can't have people who work here not able to, you know, to get paid and survive. And like most of the employees here are very long-term employees. And we don't, you know, we don't really have much turnover. And a lot of the people who are working here now are people who I've known since I was a kid. And it's like, it's a, you know, it's a very, it's a small business, but it's a very sort of like family, personal type of thing. I'm not going to leave somebody in the lurch with this going on right now. And so that's probably my biggest concern. That's the one thing that really keeps me up trying to make sure that I'm doing as much as I possibly can to facilitate that. 
Um, there's also the short-term concern about like, what are we going to do as a business for money and how busy are we going to be? And are we going to like have, you know, no work for anybody or is this going to be totally slammed because this is going to blow over in the middle of June and everybody's going to show up in July. Um, and so that's, uh, sort of related short-term concern for what we're going to do and and more longer term what i've been thinking about is if, if we don't launch boats this year that means we're not really going to have much winter work next year uh, because the boats are not going to be used they're not going to have any need any paint and varnish because it's mostly all been done for this year and so we're going to have an entire winter of not having the normal maintenance that is sort of the bread and butter of the business that we that keeps us going all winter long and so whether or not we're going to be able to if that's what happens um get some additional projects from people who either want to do upgrades um, or or do some do some larger projects that they've been like deferred maintenance. Um, it's hard to know. And that's one of the things I said in the letter, you know, if you're not planning on putting your boat in the time to think about upgrades, deferred maintenance, any of those things for the following year, just because if boats don't go in the water this year, I think next winter is going to be very lean in terms of like what we have for work, just because we're going to lose probably 50% of, of what we would normally do every winter. Mm, yeah, completely. Yeah, I think most main businesses know they've got sort of the one-shot summer season to make their money, and then the ripple effect of that not happening definitely has potential to lean lead to lean winters. For sure, yeah. If there's no summer here, there's you know there's no winter work. I mean, I don't want to say no winter work. There's still going to be some stuff that needs to be done, uh, but it's going to be very you know it's just going to be hard to keep everybody employed if we have half the work that we normally have. Yeah, I hear you. And I don't know if I'm being naive, but I'm still trying to be hopeful that we'll be able to salvage at least some of the summer season. But I guess who knows right now. So in an effort to end these interviews on a positive note, um, what is something, my last question is, what is something good that has happened today or recently? Something good that's happened recently. Uh, I will say that I've had to stop watching the news at night because it makes me not sleep. Uh, so I can't watch, I can't watch any of the president's press conferences. I can't watch any of that. I don't know if that's positive, but it, it's helped me a lot to not watch any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe in the morning, in the morning, I'll catch up on some of the news, but I, I don't, when I get home from work, I don't. Uh, what are you doing in that? Something good? Um, well, I've got a kid who's almost two now who is like, it's, it's really nice because he gets up in the morning and he's happy to be alive. I mean, he sort of misses seeing people cause he doesn't get to go out and see people right now, but he is like, he wakes up and he's happy and he's not worried about like the economy and he's not worried about the virus. He's just being a little kid who's happy to be alive, uh, which is really nice. And I would say the other thing that I think is nice is the weather has been relatively nice recently. So I've been running outside and that has been a really nice break from things just to go for a run. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, I feel like hanging out with kids and getting exercise is crucial for mental health right now. So that's great. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Um, And Let's please stay in touch as you start to go through the payroll protection program. And if there's anything that we can do to help you with that, please let me know. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm happy to talk to you again uh, as things change or if you want to do updates on, on you know, your interviews in a, a month or two to see where people are. Just shoot me an email, give me a call. Either way, I'm, I'm sort of around and I expect I'll have the time at that point to talk to you. I would love to do that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Cool. Well, I'll be in touch about that and have a good rest of your day. Hey, great. Thank you very much. And uh, talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening and look for our update from Gabe in a couple of weeks. 
If you don't already subscribe to the Commercial Currents newsletter, you can do so at islandinstitute.org. You'll get the rest of this interview series and so much more delivered right to your inbox.